Okay, camera one is rolling. Camera two rolling. Okay, whenever you guys are ready. All right, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, really excited about today. We have Justin Johnson here, and I'll let him talk about himself, but we're just really excited we were able to do this and have uh, this opportunity to spend time together and just talk about everything. Talk about you, talk about what you do, talk about Web3, talk about NFTs, and uh, just let the listeners and viewers just really understand what's going on in the space. So Justin, thanks for being here. And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll start yeah. with your background, what you do. Sounds good. Everything. Well, I, I want to say thank you for having me. Thank you for thinking of having me. And now we're actually having me yeah, here. Uh, I know it's been a few weeks since I last saw you at the Spurs game, which unfortunately they also lost and they also just ended their season yesterday. Um, but yeah, I'm Justin. Justin Johnson, as James said. I born and raised in San Antonio, grew up kind of all over throughout the city, uh, graduated McCullum High School on the south side, ended up going to UT Austin, McComb School of Business, got a degree in finance, thought I wanted to go into Wall Street and, and be the wolf of Wall Street and uh, far from it. Um, still got a degree in finance, ended up in New York for a bit, uh, dabbled with both Goldman Sachs as well as Google, then realized corporate America slash Wall Street in particular wasn't the path I wanted to take. Uh, so then I got back to Texas, went back to the drawing board and decided I needed to move again. So I ended up in Barcelona. Uh, I did exchange business school in Barcelona at Asade Business School. And then at the time it was like, all right, I don't have much time left in college. I need to figure out what to do with my life beyond just avoiding the fact that I need to do something with it, right? Yeah. And trying to find purpose and meaningfulness in, in that um, so I ended up post-college taking a job with a uh, Fortune 100 called Oracle, which many people might not be super familiar with, but basically anything touching a lot of what we use day-to-day -day from right. semiconductors to software, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, everything, right? Everything. Like it's, it's not really in your face, but it's, it's, it's somewhere around you, turning on light switches, turning on computers, powering different programs, et cetera. Right. Um, and I did that for just shy of a year. Uh, both out of Silicon Valley as well as Austin, Texas. Uh, I actually ended up living in Austin for almost a decade. But um, within that year, I learned a ton, did a ton, but also realized a lot about myself in which that I didn't want to be there to do what I was yeah. doing at the time. Um, and so I had a real talk with myself to decide, hey, what's next for me? What's going to be that thing that's going to drive me to make sure that what I'm doing is actually meaningful and purposeful with my time that I have here, but also making sure I'm trying to make a difference as best as I could. Right. Um, so I actually ended up working, uh, applying for a small company at the time called Facebook, yep. now Meta, and I got a job with them. And this was back in June 2014. Uh, so to date myself, that was almost eight years ago. So many, many moons ago, a lot has happened since then, and we can touch on a lot of the different things, both personally, professionally, et cetera. Uh, I ended up accepting a job opportunity with them based out of Austin, and that sort of sparked my career away from what I was doing previously with Oracle to now being introduced to what I would consider media and entertainment, technology, social media, kind of the mix mash of everything at the time. Like to give you a point of reference, like a lot of the things we use today weren't even a thing then, right? No. So TikTok wasn't around. No. Instagram wasn't even around. Nope. YouTube was barely growing, nope. right? Yep. Uh, Twitter just got off. Twitter had just gotten 08. off. Like it, it was just like very early yep. everything, early life that now present day, it's like, of course, those things are part of integrated life because you don't live without them, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, I joined the company back in June, 2014. I'm actually coming up on eight years, like a, a what we call a face versary now metaversary because company rebranded yep, to meta. Of um, 
and yeah, so like there's there's been eight years of experience and stories and and learnings uh, from me being a part of, of the company. I joined it as I mentioned originally in Austin, Texas. Spent some time in Los Angeles, and then moved back uh, at kind of at the height of the pandemic, right? To Texas, present in San Antonio, um, and yeah, it's it's kind of been a complete whirlwind because if you if you look at me and you tell me that this kid from San Antonio is going to go out and do what I've done and had the privilege and opportunity to do yep. the things that I've seen, eaten, experienced, smelled, etc. I would say like you're crazy. Yeah, that would never and happen. That would never not for me, right? Not yeah. f- not a kid, not a kid like, from the south side. Right. Come on. Right. And, and it's always it's always been that mentality, right? Like people I get to meet where are you from? I'm not from Texas. I am from Texas, but where are you from? I'm from San Antonio. Yep. That's in Texas. Right? And and there's just great pride associated with that because I know what it's like to be on both ends of the table, right? To right. have nothing, to being able to give everything, yeah, right, and everything in between. It's it's quite incredible because I know you personally, and I've known you for a few years, and the passion you have for San Antonio and bringing um, eyes on the city and bringing people together in the city is just quite remarkable. And that's why I'm just so happy you are here and decided to. Talk with us. People need to know what you're doing. They need to know about you because um, what you're doing is really special. Let me ask you a question. When you first started with Facebook at the time, uh, what were you hired on to do when you first got hired? I was hired to help work on a newly formed team that was focused on small to medium-sized businesses and SMBs. Right. And it was essentially at the time like, hey, we have all these small to medium-sized businesses that are on platform that need help on platform because, quite frankly, it was everything was new at the time, social yeah. media, advertising, advertising through social media. Yeah. There was a million questions and very few people working internally on this, right? So it's like, how yeah. do we pair these businesses with these individuals to best support them to make sure they're not only spending money, but they're actually investing and seeing return on those things for whatever they care about, right? right. Hey, we have a new business, storefront, brick and mortar. We want people to at least be aware. We want them to come in or, yeah. hey, we want to sell these socks. We want to sell whatever it was, yeah. right? Um, you could do and we knew how those things worked and we needed to get out to the masses to educate at scale how to do those things. Right. And so I was working with small to medium sized businesses for a while, then I actually pivoted into the music industry. So then I was a person working with the music labels. So right. when you think when I say music labels, I'm literally talking about Warner, Sony, Universal right. and everything under it. This is like entertainment partnerships. Inter- entertainment partnerships, but on the on the ad side of the business, which right. again, uh, at the time this was all new to everybody, yeah. especially the music industry, yeah. which again is traditionally traditional is like barely getting interested and inter, um, introduced to what's going on and, and like figuring out like, okay, how does this fit into my marketing plans, my marketing budget? How does it fit in for a developing artist to the tier A's of the world and everything yeah. between, right? So having these conversations with heads of labels, directors of digital marketing and everyone under the sun because uh, I was the person working on everything under the sun as it pertains to music. I, I feel like what you were doing, what you got pitched into doing, was kind of a new-ish role, almost kind of catered to the new landscape of where industry was going, where they were like, okay, these uh, late record label companies or these uh, movie studios need marketing, and they need to use Facebook, and they need to use social media. And were you guys trained on that, or did you just have to learn as you go? A, a mix of both, right? Like, Because there's, there's things that we have in which we intend for them to be used for A, right? Yeah. And then you present that to the partner, and they're like, hey, I actually could use this A solution for Z. And you're like, huh, didn't think of it that right. way, right? So then 
not only am I sharing what I know, but I'm also learning what I don't know. Right. And I think that's very valuable because now we're able to then take that back to the product team and build accordingly for their specific yeah. needs as opposed to like, hey, here's a catch-all. This may or may not work. Here you go. It's yeah. like, no, this is actually tailored for me, built with me in mind, built by me because I'm helping supplement with feedback, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a, definitely a mix of like trial by... Uh, force in terms of like here's what we know and then more importantly what don't we know right and like really trying to understand and entertain those questions that's really interesting and this you were doing this while you were here in austin uh yeah in in austin and this was 2014 through summer 2018 right before i i made the move to la okay so let's talk about that when you moved to la you were put in a different position correct yeah so at the time uh, I got really into essentially content creators, present days, what you'd call them, but influencers, influencers right? Yeah. And people still call themselves influencers. Um, but just to give you a point of reference, Vine was one of the biggest things at the time in social media. The Paul brothers were the biggest YouTubers in the world yep. at the time. Um, so this was 2018, summer 2018. And I remember just having an interest of like, these people get to make a living by showing and sharing their life how they decide to yeah, through video, right? Or photo. And I found that to be really interesting because it didn't follow the traditional model of like, in order to be famous, you needed to follow the path to get famous. You needed to go do to get casted and then you needed to go to audition and then you needed to yeah. get blah, 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 like, nothing traditional. Nothing tra- because doing. now you have this thing yeah. powered by the internet powered yeah. by social media in which fame could essentially happen overnight. Yeah. Right. And it was just this new concept at the time. So foreign that people could actually, again, to me registering this idea, like this is a new norm. Yep. Very early on. And I'm like, I need to work in this new norm because this is going to become a thing. Yeah. This was 2018 present day. It's a big thing. It's not only a thing, it's a big thing. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I wanted to be involved and I wanted to be embedded and ingrained in this field. But I also knew that it was going to have to happen for me in Hollywood because that's the live light of everything. And it's entertainment capital of the world, I would argue. And so that's when I decided, okay, if this is really what I want to do, which again, at the time that was like the switch that flipped in me of like, I really want to do this. I need to do this. The only way for me to do this is for me to go from Texas to LA, which is a big jump in itself. Right. Not only like distance wise, but like just living and all sorts of thing of being a guy from Texas, born and raised to like moving right. For a kid from San Antonio, like to LA, um, and I did that and, and I did that with purpose and on purpose and intentionality, knowing like what I was out there to do, right. Like really having a North star staying disciplined and intentional and like being really focused on like, all right, this is going to be the thing that I'm going to bet on 2018 and yep. fast forward again to 2022. It's been a really good bet to not only bet on that, but bet on myself for that. Right. A lot of the things you've experienced and the things you've learned and the people you've met. It's, I mean, priceless, priceless, uh, priceless absolutely, absolutely priceless. Uh, the position you put yourself in by kind of jumping off the cliff and being like, Hey, like I'm moving. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to double down on what I believe in. And it happened. So while you were out there and you're still doing the same position, like you're still doing the same job here, just based yeah. on San Antonio. Well, I'm not doing it right now. Cause I am on parental leave. Right. Having Congratulations. The- Thank you. New father, uh, new father, baby girl. She'll be four months as of this Saturday. It's still surreal to me. The best job I've ever had. Right. Uh, one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. 
um, and continues to help me stretch myself to be a better person, to be a better husband, to be a better father. Uh, yeah, it's one of the more special things that, you know, the, when I look back and like, if I were to do anything different, I'm like, I wish I've done a little bit sooner. Yeah. Right. So I can have more time. Time is the currency that we all have and all need more of, or always want more of, right. But you can't buy time. No, you can't. No, we we can't. all have time. So when you were in LA and, um, before you were on paternity leave, what was your day-to-day like uh, in, in the role of creator partnerships and what you were doing? Um, what were your expectations from Facebook, from Meta at the time? Like, what did you have to accomplish? What was your role for? Yeah, so my responsibility really was twofold, right? Having direct reports and making sure that they're good and, and feel equipped to go out to the market of creators and digital publishers to serve those needs and really make sure that we're helping them as best as we can. We're educating them as best as we can to do the things that we'd want them to succeed on on platform, right? So that was one aspect. The other time that I spent was essentially working with a talent roster and going down the line of saying, okay, hey, here's this talent in which we know they have a ton of potential to do better or to do more or integrate them into this marketing campaign. And we wanted to foster those relationships and nurture those relationships. And it's really meaningful because... I've been able to foster and curate these relationships long before I actually work with these people without ever knowing, right? And so an example of this is where some of these people present day who are my partners or clients, I've known for three, four, five years before I'm doing this professionally with them or for them. And it's just really special to see like my friend, I get to help put on my friends in in some of these relationships, right? Where it's the people that I grew up three, four, five years ago playing basketball with to now they're one of the more successful social media stars across any platform. Right. Right. But having a hand on that specific to these platforms is really special. And um, serving as that like main trusted confidant and and sort of advocate when they're not in the room uh, and, you know, more recently been virtual room because pandemic and working from home and global and whatnot um, is really important just to make sure that they're not only seen, but heard. And I'm sort of that, um, medium in which that can happen because I'm working directly with them, their team, etc., to make sure that we're accounting for what we don't think about or what we don't know about. Right. And they're going to think about and 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 have suggestions for product that we're not yeah. because they use it in a complete different capacity. Right? Absolutely. It's like, hey, here's this water bottle with water. It's like, no, this is actually a storage device, and you can put more than water. It's like, oh, great. Yeah. I didn't think about it like that. Right. Uh, and those are the things that are actually really meaningful because then it challenges me to try and see from the outside, right. From their perspective, their perspective and really just give me empathy on both sides of like what you're asking valid. Yeah. The practicality of that, maybe not so much because it's, it's much more of a lift than just flipping a switch in many cases. Right. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like just essentially managing expectations, relationships, opportunities, partnerships, both externally and then internally and cross-functionally, not only with immediate direct reports, but then the other people that I'm working with persuading of like, here's why you should care about this. Right. right? Uh, And here's how it pertains to the larger mission that we're all sort of working towards together uh, to make sure there's alignment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and do you have a play or, or uh, do you work on the strategy side of helping them monetize their content? Traditionally, how, yeah. how it used to be, whether that be like brand deals or uh, so advertising, whatever. It, it predominantly focuses on on platform monetization. So you can think of that like in-stream ad revenue. So right. you're watching a video, you see an ad. 
Right. Then a rev share model occurs where majority percentage of revenue goes to creator and the rest goes back to platform. It's like, okay, we know that you're successful on other, other platforms. How do we make you successful on ours? Right. right. And we try to embody those characteristics and find success in different pockets of like, Hey, we have a subscription offering. I know you don't have that at all. Here's why you should do it. Here's right. the benefits, et cetera. So we definitely walk them through what could be and helping them onboard to the things that they need to accordingly to make sure holistically their business is healthy, whatever that means to them. Right. Um, but yeah, normally it's definitely like this one through five things exist. Here are the things that probably make most sense. And then here's the the plan of action to like actually make that happen. Right. So traditionally a lot of, uh, creators, um, ad revenue through in-stream ads, uh, merch, um, and, you know, usually that's pretty much it. If they're on YouTube, they have their AdSense revenue, um, merchandising, maybe some live events, things like that. But if we were to jump into creator economy and how it used to operate, and now with this new emergence and the paradigm shift of Web3, how their capability of monetization goes from brand deals and third-party vendors to now themselves as a creator and their audiences as a community and how they're able to interact and monetize directly one-to-one removing everything in between at facebook now meta they have taken a huge stance on this new metaverse and web3 space um what have you seen um transpire with this new emergence of web3 i mean i think with regards to creator economy at whole and as it pertains to web3 it's really flipped the model in favor of the creator to have ownership, direct ownership, as you mentioned, right? And so I think the audience or community um, is really important in terms of engagement as well as monetization, right? You don't need millions of followers or fans to make a healthy income. Again, healthy is really subjective depending on sure. who you ask and your needs and lifestyle. But there's this idea that if you essentially have a thousand loyal fans, or even in some cases, there's been arguments for less, 100. Right. You can make a substantial living, right? But that means that every the average revenue that each of that fan or super fan is bringing to you is pretty high. But that also means they're getting a lot of utility or value from the creator, right? Right. So back to Web3, every other headline I've read around it is empowering the creators at large to really make a difference and, and make money immediately right Right. there's artists out there that have sold multi-million dollars worth of nfts overnight or in minutes or in seconds for some and they're anywhere from literally 12 year old girl to an early age adult making millions of dollars like that sentence capability is now right it's scratching it's scratching the surface right but i think it also presents the problem and challenge and opportunity for people to do the wrong with it, which we've seen with drug pools and and these different projects that try to pretend to be things that they aren't. And people who aren't really well educated know that, right? So they're falling into these pit holes and like all of a sudden their experience within this community is tainted because they just got ripped off for X amount of dollars. Right. And that's all they ever had. And now it's going to take a while for them to like jump back into it, knowing that what they were promised you know, reality versus like, you know, what they thought, what, it, would, what they thought it what was they, versus what it completely is completely off. Yeah. Right. The idea around community, the idea around direct to creator um, is really powerful. 
yeah. is really, really powerful. And I, and I think there are platforms out there in which now they are being aware or may have been made aware, like this is something we need to account for in our strategy holistically to make sure there is space or is a home for these types of offerings yeah. because they're going to exist with or without us. And you want to, you want to see it at the table. So you want to build for those things. What was your introduction to web three? Was it through meta or was it personally? It How was, were you introduced? Yeah, to it was space? a personal intro. So I got invited to a dinner in LA sometime mid to late 2021. And this was with a good friend of mine who I actually met here in San Antonio named Farouk, right? Who's actually yep. one of the thought leaders within the web three space Biggest dude in the space. And he invited me to dinner and I'm thinking, Oh, like I haven't seen him in months. COVID he hadn't, he'd been stuck in Canada. I'd been stuck in Texas. Like we're going to dinner. I had no clue what I was like signing up for. Cause I'm thinking literally just a dinner, him, I get to meet his girlfriend. Yeah. I brought a friend with me and we walk in to this house in Beverly Hills and I'm like, what is, what is this? Like, I'm so confused. Like I, like I see all these people and I'm like, is this an event? Like what? Like I'm so lost. Thought you were having dinner. Yeah. Which we did have dinner <laughs> right. with like 20 other people, 20, 30 other people. Um, but little did I know at the time, like how much of an impact that dinner would have on me personally, right? To really just open my eyes to what was happening under all the noise that you see in the headlines that might be tainting it a different p color of picture yeah. that isn't necessarily correct. And Farouk introduced me to all these different people and I got to meet Banks, who was one of the larger gamers right. from FaZe Clan back in the day. I think he's still involved with them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, maybe, majorly. Maybe not. No, FaZe Banks okay. is huge in the space. Um, but, you know... I'm getting introduced. He owns all these like crypto punks. And so I'm learning all yeah. these things for the first time. I'm like, okay, like I've seen those little logos, right? I didn't know they were NFT. I was like, I've seen those things, right? Starting to take off. And I'm sort of putting the dots together. Um, but I was basically invited to like a meeting of the minds for like some of the more influential and, and knowledgeable and respected people in the space. I had no clue expectation. Again, I'm, I'm thinking it's a dinner, right? which it was, but with like 30 other people who I didn't know until that night. Um, and that got me interested of like what's really happening even more broadly within Web3, within crypto, within NFTs and right. PFPs and everything of that sort. So I started spending more time personally Googling the questions, asking the different people who I'd met for follow-up conversations just to ask the things that I'm just curious about that I didn't know really have answers to. Right. Um, which then parlayed into me going to another event back in LA. Mind you, I'm, so I'm back and forth between Texas at this time. And then I end up at a, a launch house event and it, it was just kind of crazy because the fast forward a few months at that point. And then I remember being in a clubhouse room, right? At the height of the pandemic yeah. clubhouse was, clubhouse like taking was off. massive. And I had met virtually Baron Davis. And then all of a sudden Baron is next to me and we get to meet in person at a web three event. And I'm like, this is like, this is how community works. Yep. This is how it works. You're IRL, but you're, you're taking them from the virtual world, right? And that was really cool for me to have those experiences. And then I run into Farouk again, right, at this other event. Um, and so I'm still seeing some familiar faces that I met a few months back at that dinner that I thought I was going to with him at this next thing. And then I'm like, okay, well, like, I guess I got to go to Art Basel. And so I went. And between all that, I'm, I'm investing personally more into crypto. I'm buying NFTs. I'm doing as much as I can that I can find online. I'm in Discord. I'm on Twitter. Yep. I'm just trying to indulge, right? Absolutely. And share my, 
with you, I've shared some articles, some some projects that I personally invested in Absolutely. with some other friends that have given me like, hey, here's what I would do if I were you. I've gone into like uh, whitelists and just connections. Yep. And again, that all stemmed from this dinner that got me thinking like food for thought much differently because I just had no clue, zero expectation of what was going to happen. And like right. that fundamentally had a shift in trajectory for like my interest and, and truly appetite for the space um, that evening and, and present day. Absolutely. It's, it's quite interesting. A lot of people that I talk to, man, like they will get a taste of this space and realize this is what community should be. This is what ownership should be. It's so base for what it is. It's just true ownership, true community, just like-minded people discovering this new space. We're still so early. You hear that all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's because we are. The adoption rate is still fairly low um, in terms of just people that exist and people that are involved or know about this space. And so the opportunity is quite high right now, which is why we see companies like Facebook turning into Meta. So internally at Meta, what have you seen? Um, has your job shifted any? Have, have you seen creators approaching you being like, hey, we understand ad revenue in the traditional sense, but can you help us? What about the metaverse? What about yeah, uh, everything so that's going when the, on? When the rebrand happened, um, my phone quite literally blew up with all sorts of inquiries and interests from both people that I knew and worked with and people who had no clue who, how they even had my number, right? Um, I think there's still a lot of questions of what it means because it's, it's about doing it right and making sure that it feels authentic to platform, also feels authentic to the creator. Right. And so a lot of conversations um, that I know of have happened, are happening to make sure we're, again, nailing it before getting it out to the masses. And so I don't, I don't have specific details, but I do know that um, it is of, of equal importance both to the company at large, as well as to the, the people we get to serve, in this case, the creator, um, sort of segment in which that there's many, many questions and, and ideas. And so a lot of it is just like listening, learning, digesting what's actually feasible and yeah. what actually aligns with what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and, and I think that's even true for, for other platforms, right? Like Twitter, for example, um, I guess now a few months ago, I can't remember, it feels all like a blur, but uh, you could now have your PFP yeah. that would be authenticated because it's connected to your wallet. So that way someone can't pretend that they're the owner of a uh, board ape when they're actually right. not. Right. Yep. And I, back to the community piece, I think that part where everything on the blockchain is the open ledger, you can actually see these, these public transactions happening. You can't pretend like, Hey, the, the latest sneakers I got right. are real or aren't real. Right. Like you can, unless you're like a sneaker authenticator, you know that, but the, the average person doesn't this example of authentication really validates and, and really brings people into community, right? So yeah. even for myself, owning different collections of different NFTs, it's allowed me to like essentially be geo-gated or NFT-gated yeah. into these different communities of like, hey, here's my pass. Now I'm with these people who I may have not yeah. met otherwise, Yeah, right? Gary Vee was in one of his podcasts. He talked about how in, in the future, his view of the future with nfts it's people will look in your wallet and see what kind of nfts and what kind of things you own and get a really good understanding about who you are as a person and it's i like can your, your new like yeah it's news feed identity grid. it's like 
who you are. And I totally see that because certain communities, they stand for certain things. And based on what NFTs you own and what communities you are a part of and what you're involved in, that's kind of telling of who you are as a person. It can be. Um, and that's sort of what he was alluding to. And I, I completely agree. I mean, the people in the communities that I'm involved in, I mean, we help each other out. We give each other advice. We talk about so many things other than Web3. Yeah, I remember, you, I mean, you told me that someone gave you a call asking about career advice and how they should negotiate uh, an opportunity. Yeah. That's so, that's yep. an important life skill regardless of community, but that happened because there was trust there yeah, absolutely. to then make sure that they're good. Yeah, right? it's completely wild, um, this new era that we're entering. So what do you see in the future? What's, what's next for Justin? What do you see professionally, personally? Yeah, I can compare this to the only other relevant thing that I can think about, which is the, the age of the internet or yeah. the age of social media in which like, it was you couldn't avoid it because it was everywhere and you yeah. didn't want to avoid it but you were also kind of not sure about it because it was so new right and, and i think that's kind of where we're at like every other day there's either positive or negative headlines but the truth is somewhere between it's it's Absolutely. never as high as it might seem it's never as low as it may seem it's kind of oscillating between and so i think web 3 is is here like the it's the next advancement of web 2 and then i think down the line that whatever web 4 is yeah i don't know what that look or 3.1 or whatever they want to call it um <clears throat> so i think that's here to stay I, I think for me, uh, personally, first and foremost, as I mentioned earlier in, in the chat, like making sure I'm the best person I can be for my daughter now. Because I yeah. think about legacy a ton and, and building and doing things beyond me because it's not about me. It has never really been. I've been very big on community before it was like a thing. But like now it's my actual community that I built, literally helped give birth yeah. to my daughter. Um, so I think about her a lot in like the, the, the decisions I make and also the ones that I don't make and, and making sure that she'll be good for, for her lifetime. Um, and then professionally, you know, continuing and pers professionally, personally, like this is an interest that I haven't shaken and don't plan to because it's, it's been over maybe a year almost from that original dinner I got invited to. Right. And I'm still reading articles in this space. I'm still yeah. connecting with people in this space, artists, talent, et cetera. Um, so yeah, and, and, and I don't, I don't know beyond what I'm going to be working on next or doing, but it, it is exciting to not know. Right. But I know I'll be doing something or creating or building. And that to me is like really exciting. So over the last couple of weeks, we've seen Elon Musk, like dive into Twitter and just, just have it out for them for some reason, buying, you know, nine point something percent shares and now he offered to buy the whole company what's your stance on that you work at a social media company you, you think the employees at twitter are over there are like hey i'm gonna leave like fuck this guy i'm out uh what do you think their I mean, stance is on this? there's people probably on on uh, all three sides like for against and then neutral sure like, like any other issue or, or challenge presented um i think he's a very interesting person I'll, I'll say that and he's one of the few people in the world that actually could come through on this offer of saying, hey, I'm going to buy your company for, uh, I forget what it was. I don't know. Is it 50, 54, 54 or something? Two? He's one of the few people in the world that can actually do that because he has capital. Right. Or however way means to do that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, how that'll turn out. Like I can imagine people for it, people against it, and people just not sure what to think about it. I also think, and I read, a, uh, the reason I think about this now is because Mark Cuban recently was, was asked this today uh, or yesterday within the last 24 hours in which that this could now actually open up the floodgates for a bidding war 
from other tech companies. And so there's speculation that this basically set the firework off and now the real show is about to begin in which other companies who have been potentially eyeing or thinking about getting into the social space now have a, a bid to like use as a benchmark. Right. Right. Cause there might be reasons either for accepting or not or declining it. Um, but there are also some companies in the world. You think of some of the fang companies, right? Like maybe yeah. Apple has Apple. the largest cash reserve in, in the world on hand. Uh, you think of a company like Google, they tried social before it yep. didn't really take off and failed Google plus. Yep. Google plus. Um, so it could be interesting, but I, I think the idea to take it private, um, is also interesting, but also gives you the flexibility to not have to report to stakeholders or excuse me, shareholders right. and Wall Street. So uh, all that to share and say, like, who knows what he'll tweet? I mean, I'm, I'm actively trying to figure out like what what they, no, their meanings like are behind eight it all. tweets out today. Just but then it's also interesting because like this is not the only company he would potentially run if he even ran it after taking it over. Right. Like, right. He's got Tesla, the boring company and SpaceX and SpaceX, yeah. um, whatever City, else he's doing. Everything yeah, he's else. got kids like that's a job in itself. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, man. Well, Justin, man, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for joining uh, joining us. Thanks for just giving us your insight. Really appreciate it, man. Um, last thought, anything, whatever you want to say, go ahead. It's something I tell myself every day, and it's unrelated to anything we talked about. And just sure. keep going. Whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you're facing... We're all facing our own battles um, internally, externally. Just just keep going. If you really want something, you'll figure out a way. In the same way that I really wanted this thing that I've been privileged to do almost the last eight years, figure out a way and keep going. And I, I think that's what really separates the the dreamers from the doers. It's not yeah. a bad thing to be a dreamer, but I think it's more importantly to actually act on those dreams. Otherwise, they're just like kind of there. They're just dreams. Yeah. Right? They're just ideas yep. that die. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I'll leave with. Amazing, man. Justin, thank you, my friend. Yeah. Appreciate it. Till next you. time. Yeah, until next time. Cool, man. No, it's all good, bro.